beautiful people and welcome to another episode of Hits and Giggles, the show where three Gen Xers invite you to join us aboard the Direct Express to Nostalgia Town while we reminisce on the music and pop culture of our youth. And today we are counting down the best movie soundtracks of all time as voted by you, our gorgeous audience. And mercifully, it don't take money, it don't take fame, and you don't need no credit card to ride this train. We're going to get there fast, and then we'll take it slow. So joining us in the driver's seat today, we have Daryl, going to be a man in motion. All I need is a pair of wheels, Munton. <laughs> Peter, going to take you right into the danger zone, Lucelli. All the way. And I'm Jules. Take your passion and make it happen, Sutherland. So the top 10 movie soundtracks of all time, whatever will they be, we see you tremble with anticipation. But before we go there, let's have a little bit of a chat about those that didn't quite make the list because there are so, so many awesome movie soundtracks through time. So to kick us off with honourable mentions, Pete, what do you got? Yeah, Other I'm than fine. an awesome cat. <laughs> Two movies that bring together three of my favourite things, comic book superheroes, or Marvel superheroes, science fiction, and 70s cheesy rock, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, my yeah. God, what a brilliant soundtrack. Two volumes soundtrack. I mean, Bowie, uh, 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 I can't remember what his name is, Soul Singer, amazing. Anyway. There are a number of those. Oh, Thanks, Brad. Anyway, um, uh, ELO, mm. um, and all these one hit, one 10 CC. It was cool in that movie how they made a point out of that soundtrack because he was carrying that tape around sort of thing. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And that, and that, and that was brilliant. And that's his only link to earth. And then of course in the movie, he's making all these amazing references. Like, you know, there was a mythical hero on earth, Kevin Bacon, who, <laughs> who you know, saved the world through dance. And there's amazing <laughs> pop cultural references. It's so good. It's so well written. And the soundtrack is next level. And, um, I mean, Xanadu did come up too, which I'm, is a personal favourite as an ELO fan, as a Jeff Lynne fan. I think we've talked about it before. The movie was shite, but an amazing <laughs> soundtrack. I mean, if you, you know, Olivia Newton, John on roller skates, okay? So, yeah. Which not to love. I don't know, um, but also, I don't know if anyone else mentioned this. I certainly mentioned it's like Goonies. I have a really strong, vivid memory of the Goonies soundtrack. And this was at the time in the eighties when movie soundtracks were like had artists that basically no one knew of, or at least in Australia we didn't know of. And on that album was actually my first exposure to a band at that stage, a little-known band called The Bangles. Oh. Yeah. Amazing track, which I loved. And then a couple of years later. They turn up, and I remember hearing Manic Monday going, wow, that sounds like that band from the Goonies soundtrack. And sure enough, it was. So, yeah, I don't know the soundtrack at all, but of course, Ariel that's Wagon and Cindy Lauper did Cindy that Lauper. Goonies yeah. are good enough. Oh, yeah. um, and that was the thing. So, yeah. Uh, and Flash Gordon, I don't know if that came up or not. That was a weird one. The Flash Gordon, that it, Queen did. It was like, a Queen one again, was it? Yeah, and yeah. you know, Flash, ah. Uh, but then the rest of the soundtrack, and I, it was bought for me when I was like three, uh, not three, grade three, whatever, however old it was. And we went to the movies and they had, at the forum, when the forum was a cinema, they had the soundtrack available. It was like, oh, cool merch, awesome. And it was a weird soundtrack because it's definitely, it's Queen's music, but there's also all this, just this dialogue from the film. Mm. 
So it was sort of weird. My first introduction to a soundtrack was like, oh, is this what soundtracks are? It's just like <laughs> an audio version of the movie, bits of it with some music. Um, but it of course, a, I had gotten better. It was a weird. It was a weird soundtrack because it did mix a lot of the audio things in. Yeah. I, I, actually, now you remind me of it. I do listen to it a little bit. It's great. Yeah, and the Flash is theme, rocking. I love it. It's yeah. just brilliant. But yeah, I mean, soundtracks have definitely come a long way since then. You know. Jules, what about your honourable mentions? Okay, so there's two in particular for me. One is uh, the Into the Wild soundtrack that Emma reminded us of and Alex and a few others as well. It's so magical. So I, you know, I love me a bit of Pearl Jam, but I also really love me a bit of solo acoustic Eddie Vedder. And that song Society, that was on that one, wasn't Society it? Society oh. is on that, yeah. Society, the song Long Nights as well is kind of, it's, it's basically... Eddie Vedder's encapsulation of the learnings of From a Long Night of the Soul. It's one of the most beautiful, simple songs I've ever heard, and I listen to it on high rotation whether or not I'm having a long night of the soul. <laughs> and so, yeah, the whole thing, just a masterpiece by Eddie Vedder. Absolutely love it. So, yeah, that definitely rates high in the honourable mentions. Other one that didn't actually get any votes at all, apart from me, was the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack oh, from the Baz Luhrmann 1996 mm. Romeo and Juliet movie. It's still to this day not just one of my favourite soundtracks, but one of my favourite albums all up. It's incredible. And it's, it's you know, in the, in the way that soundtracks can, and especially a soundtrack to a movie that's so stylistically diverse and eclectic as, as that Romeo and Juliet. So it's got uh, Garbage again, I Would Die For You, um, the amazing song that Everybody's Free, the Quentin Tarver that incredible mm. gospel version of that um, Love Fool by the Cardigans. Um, that, the big one was Kissing You by Desiree, which, which you know, that was the one with the scene where they're the, um, the fish tank when Romeo and Juliet first meet with their eyes through the fish tank in that beautiful um, Kissing You song. And Talk Show Host by Radiohead, oh. which was like, that was actually probably when I first fell in love with Radiohead was hearing that it's an incredible piece of music and it's still so evocative even now just that little guitar motif that just you know takes me to all sorts of places just a few little notes on the guitar like that so yeah Romeo and Juliet soundtrack definitely worth an honorable mention what about the other Baz Luhrmann one the uh, Moulin Rouge oh Moulin Rouge incredible yeah and, and the combinations of artists that we got together to make, you know, other songs. Oh, that was yeah, really and mashups and covers and, yeah, sort of cabaret-styled versions of Didn't you get, like, Fat Boy yeah. Slim to do a Bowie song and then Bowie did a song on it as well? What about you, Daryl? Well, some of the ones that didn't make it onto the list, and again, tragically, Oh Brother, We're Out Thou. From, oh, uh, so good. Film in 2000. Jeez. Oh, my God. I didn't really know much about those songs at all. But, it, mm. but, you know, they're incredible songs. Mm. Um, the Man of Constant Sorrow was just such a gorgeous song. And I saw the guy who apparently wrote that song perform it in San Francisco. They kind of carried him up on the stage and put him up, propped him up there. And he played it on guitar and sang. And then they sort of carried him back down. Apparently <laughs> he wrote it. I don't know. Yeah. That's what they say. I think it's Old Crow Medicine Show, though, who actually are the ones playing it in the movie. The Soggy Bottom Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's such a great album. Um, right. Forrest Gump was a huge one. That was mentioned by Steph, Paul, and Paloma. That's, that is that is one of those ones that I heard a lot. And it, You know, these soundtracks where they just collect classic songs together, mm. 
it, it's just a brilliant best of album sort of thing of all these hits. Mm. It's great. Um, and, and one that uh, Michael, Bill and Stephen uh, mentioned was Highlander, another Queen soundtrack that is actually my favourite Queen album, um, Kind of Magic. It's just got so many great hits. But is it actually the soundtrack, though? Or is it... It was, just, that was always confusing. Unofficial soundtrack? Yeah, I don't know. There's songs on it that, that actually, I think there's only three songs on it that, that appear on the film, which is, you know, um, Don't Lose Your Head and things like that. But um, I think they made a bunch of songs that ended up in the in the um, uh, the credits and things like that. Right. So, uh, it's an incredible album. I mean, yeah, my favourite Queen album of all time. But again, it was you know, perfect timing. 1986, Queen. Okay, so no more messing around. It's time to get serious and dive into the top 10 best movie soundtracks of all time. Da, da, da. Um, number 10. I love this album. And this is... <laughs> I've never seen the movie. Which one? <laughs> because... <laughs> so the number 10 is, for, for, for the audience, is the single soundtrack, oh. which is an incredible primer of early 90s Seattle grunge and the whole indie, Amer- I guess, American indie grunge machine because a couple of bands are technically not Seattle, uh, at, at, at least I think. Anyway, um, yeah, I didn't need to see the movie. That movie wasn't important. The soundtrack was awesome because it was Alice in Chains, it was Pearl Jam, it was Soundgarden, well, Slash and Chris Cornell, it was Mother Love Bone. It was, um, well, there was actually a Smashing Pumpkins song on it, and they're, they're not from Seattle. There was Mud Honey on there, Screaming Trees was on there, Jimi Hendrix was on there. Ooh. So it was an incredible album to have. And like uh, sort of what we were talking about before, like like that Radiohead song from Romeo and Juliet like, is, is a great song, and it's not on any of their albums. I love that about that there are songs on soundtracks that aren't on albums. So for me, actually, two, two of my favourite Pearl Jam songs are off, this one, and they're not on, so that's Breath and State of Love and Trust. Mm-hmm. They're not on this. Um, Smashing Pumpkins Drown, I think, is beautiful. Yeah. I don't think it's on it. Oh, I think it was on a, it was on like a, a like a compilation or something like that. It wasn't on an album. So I love the fact that there's these extra, you know, extra tracks, you know, they're kind of like B-sides. You just, they're not on the albums, but they're, they're excellent and they're brilliant. Wood, um, Alison Chat, of course, is on the that Dirt album, which is, Fantastic, um, but yeah. So I think I think that album actually is what how I got into Alice in Chains and Smashing Pumpkins hmm. by virtue of the fact that they're on this soundtrack. I know nothing about uh, Cameron Crowe though. It was a Cameron Crowe film, so I don't know. I've never seen the film or listened to the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, it's I haven't seen the film for a very long time, and that's what a lot of this since we started this poll. I've been like, oh my goodness, <laughs> we're just literally just coming out of lockdown, and now all of a sudden I've got like this plethora of stuff that I need to watch again. <laughs> Um, or in some cases, see for the first time. But yeah, I do remember seeing singles and loving just the vibe and the era that it evoked because that was us, you know? Like, that yeah, yeah. was that early Long, long hair and big clothes, right? I think. Yeah. And coming in at number nine, much to my delight, is Cabaret, the soundtrack to Cabaret from the musical Cabaret, and the uh, the movie, the 1972 film um, starring Liza Minnelli and Joel Grey, that was written, uh, sorry, not written, um, directed and choreographed by Bob Fosse, who is an idol of mine. So my music theatre nerd is so excited that this ended up in the top ten. Um, Ralph, Ange, Amy and a number of others who, who uh, put their hand up for Cabaret. Thank you. 
It's incredible. Um, so I'm guessing you guys have ever seen Cabaret? No. no. Okay. You could be forgiven if all that you know of that is life is a cabaret. Jump. <laughs> right. You could be forgiven for thinking that it's some froth and bubbles. I thought it was a cabaret for chocolates. Long time uh, watchers of hits and giggles and anybody that knows me personally knows I actually can't stand froth and bubble musicals. Cabaret is <laughs> not that. It's dark. It's deep. It's set in Nazi Germany yeah. in a seedy underground nightclub where people could go and be themselves. So it's like, you know, while all of the horror of the Holocaust is going on above the streets, hmm. under, under this uh, nightclub in Berlin, you've got where people can express themselves in different race, interracial love affairs, you've got different religions, you've got uh, people of different sexualities. It's this beautiful hedonistic, the the MC, who's the character that Joel, play, Joel Gray plays um, in the movie, he says that the beginning he's just like in here life is beautiful you know it's like leave your troubles outside you know and it's it's this wonderful dark exploration of the human condition and where it met expression in that time and it's a beautiful love story and everything else so yeah life is a cabaret old chum and i love a cabaret all right coming in at number eight reservoir dog soundtrack from the 1992 film quentin tarantino i love quentin tarantino films and i love this soundtrack it has been probably the most listened to soundtrack that I've ever listened to in my life. And it's kooky and weird. And most of the people on it I've never, ever heard of before. But <laughs> weird, crazy songs. That's an amazing thing about Tarantino. Where he, he combines these just completely, almost seem very dissonant sort of songs to what they're actually seeing in the visuals. And, and, you, and you combine those things together and it just, <clears throat> it, it makes sense in the end. But I reckon when people are looking at it on paper, they'll be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's totally wrong. You know, that little, little green bag song is just, I think it starts off with that. It's just like, what? Um, you know, this is, this is a, a, you know, a gangster murder sort of film with just some nasty, nasty scenes. And it, like the dude, I think it was stuck in the middle of you when he's doing the, the torture scene. Torture, yeah. And he's dancing around to it. And, and I can't even watch that scene. And you know, Harry Nielsen's um, put the lime in the coconut. Oh, that is just <laughs> genius. It's a glorious song, that one. <laughs> it's a, it's, Tarantino is just bonkers, <laughs> but a genius at being bonkers. Okay, at number seven is a film, uh, Ange, Aaron, I think I voted for it, Jules, I think you voted for it, and a couple of others as well. Um, I think this movie totally, you guys are going to laugh. This is, this is the major influence on my life is the movie Dazed and Confused. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when I saw that film in like at, at the old Valhalla there at the cinema, it was like, oh my God. But also, I mean, other than it's, you know, basically a lot of people getting stoned, which, you know, hang on, I'm not that guy, but, um, <laughs> I'm not really not. But also it's that coming of age sort of, I don't want to do what everyone wants me to do with my life then. You know, it was that, it, it was, it was really nice. I don't know, I would have been 20, 21 at the time. And it's, and it is setting 73 or 72, early 70s, whatever. And I really resonated with that of like, you know what, people are going to have expectations of what they want you to do, but you follow your heart, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you always have that voice 
in your head going, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> but the soundtrack, oh, my God. It was it, it was an epiphany to me, which I was always kind of into the 70s rock thing, but I got introduced to, uh, I guess, more of what, you know, we, we forget that in the States in the 70s, I mean, there was East Coast and there was West Coast, but there was also, I mean, every state had their own radio stations, cities had their own radio stations where DJs were just playing whatever and local stuff. So there's a whole raft of bands and 70s rock acts from like the Midwest, you know, Detroit and, you know, everywhere. Like, really, really rocking, man. Like, I mean, Alice Cooper, I mean, Alice Cooper, I love, I fell in love with early Alice Cooper at that point going, oh my God, you know, School's Out is on the, is on the soundtrack, but all of that. I discovered Rick Derringer. I discovered Ted Nugent. I discovered uh, War. I discovered um, Peter Frampton. I discovered Foghat. Oh my God! And these really—I mean, they're cheesy, but they're rock and roll, and they're boogie. I mean, ZZ Top. We've got a couple. Of Tush. I love that song. Tush is just brilliant. Foghat. Um, Who the Foghat? Oh my God! Foghat. So, uh, so Foghat actually are British. <laughs> They were three of the members from Savoy Brown, which were uh, like an English blues, acid blues, rock kind of, they were part of that English scene alongside with, you know, Cream and all those guys. Three of the members went, um, left Savoy Brown, uh, they kept going, Savoy Brown kept going, um, doing more bluesy stuff. And they kind of moved to America and got this really cool, I don't know, it's, a, it's not really a West Coast sound, it's very much a Midwest sound. Boogie. Can I, can I play something? Yeah, yeah, yeah please. Yeah. So, wow, there's some yeah. great songs on that soundtrack. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> and it's all like, turn it up, put the foot on the pedal, and drive this music. Yeah. There's two volumes. I ever owned the soundtrack, but I had the movie on VHS, oh. and I watched it so many times. Yeah. And it just, like, even as soon as you played the opening bars of that song, I was just like... My my own personal end of school, you know, teenage oh, rebellion kind of energy yeah. got evoked. It was amazing. Yeah, there's, they released two volumes of the soundtrack, which is, is great. Yeah. And coming in at number six, we have the Amelie soundtrack, as voted by Maria and Sophie, Andrew, and a whole bunch of other myself and fellow romantics. <laughs> Um, because it doesn't get any more gorgeous and romantic than this movie and the soundtrack. So I I was just reflecting on the movie of Amelie. Have you guys both seen it? Mm, yes. Stunning. You know, as we were talking about in a different episode uh, of What's Rockin', where we are talking about Ted Lasso and how it's kind of like this, this sense of actually putting a character of kindness at the centre of mm. something and being able to create a story from there that's not just schmaltzy, cheesy fluff. And... Amelie, I think, in a very different way, obviously, to Ted Lasso, but it's just, it's a similar kind of, you know, beautifully well-intentioned story, and and the music is absolutely gorgeous. So the music, the soundtrack was written by Jan Tiersen, and interestingly enough, because I was thinking about, this is, I think, the only one in our top ten that's um, almost entirely uh, an instrumental soundtrack. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the others that we've mentioned have got lots of songs on them, but mm -hmm. the, the Amelie soundtrack... It's all about the the way that the music is used to evoke mood and to carry things forward. And the thing with the instrumental music, it's funny because 
because it doesn't have any words to hang on to, it's like everybody knows how it affects them, but it's harder to, yeah. it's a bit more, it's a bit harder to, to nail it down in terms of like, oh, yes, I really like that track that goes, you know, whatever. It's like if it's, if it's got words, it's much easier to sort of you yeah. know connect with and share it immediately, whereas the, the, it's a bit more subconscious the way that the instrumental music And they're more of an experience. That's right, yes. So you can't really isolate, like it's, it is listening from beginning to end, it's an oral experience. Yes, so. it's kind of an immersion in the emotion of, of the music that often, obviously, is that marries with the um, with the visual that you're watching in the film. It actually originally the director Jean-Paul Genet wanted Michael Nyman, who wrote the music for the piano, he wanted him to do the soundtrack. Um, but before they uh, got in and, and hooked that up, one of um, the director's assistants on set was playing a CD of Jan Tears. And Jeanne uh, went, who's that? What's that? I need that music. And he went to Jan Tiersen and um, both commissioned him to write a bunch of music for the soundtrack, which Jan Tiersen wrote 19 tracks in, in two weeks for the soundtrack of Amelie. And he also, uh, Jan Tiersen said to um, Jeanne, the director, he said, and you can, if you want, you can buy anything from my back catalogue. And he had already oh, had, wow. like several albums of music. And so a lot of the music that's in Amelie was actually not written specifically for it, but wow. it was kind of handpicked yeah. by the director as going, oh, that, we need that. And so I love the fact that that, you know, that's a, just a beautiful kind of um, synchronistic way that that this very, very uh, iconic soundtrack has has come into play so yeah, yeah again that uh, that whole thing of curating and going no this is the soundtrack for this yes. scene mm. you know and and it's matching it's like you know matching the music the sounds with the visuals yeah. mm. Mm. like matching the wine with the yeah or so yeah so i was very very happy to be reminded of the amelie soundtrack Okay, everybody. So that's been numbers 10 to 6 of our countdown of the best movie soundtracks of all time. We are going to count down in our next episode, the best movie soundtracks of all time. Part two, we'll be counting down from number five to number one. And so please join us next time. And in the meantime, tell us in the comments what you think about the ones that we've mentioned so far. Do you love them? Do you hate them? Is there something that should be there? What's your favourite song from any of the soundtracks that we've spoken about? And any memories that you have surrounding any of these albums? Yeah, so yeah, please please leave your comments down below and you know, let us know what you think. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, of course. Share it around with everyone. And also we you can find us on Facebook, Hits and Giggles Facebook page and, and the Hits and Giggles group. And uh and inevitably we will be putting together a Spotify playlist. So find us over on Spotify and also on Instagram at what's it called again, Daryl? Uh Hits, Hits and Giggles Show. At, at Hits and Giggles Show. Yeah. Yes, awesome. So we will see you again very, very soon for more excellent movie soundtrack adventures. In the meantime, this has been Daryl. Don't you forget about me, Munton. Peter, I don't want to miss a thing. Lou Wallace. And I'm Jules. Everything I do, I do it for you, Sutherland. We'll see you next time. Boy, for giggles. <laughs>